Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Congratulations, you five ladies no longer have to pretend to be attracted to Harvey Weinstein. Oh, please. I'm not afraid of anyone in show business. I turned down intercourse with Harvey Weinstein on no less than three occasions out of five. Hey, it's the Hollywood Life Podcast, and we are so excited today because we have a very special guest, and we are going to have such a great and important conversation with her. Welcome to Gretchen Carlson. Hi. Wow. There's a crowd in here. Exactly. With all that of course, and they're they are all they are all as excited as we are. More, more. <laughs> You know, and it, it's so interesting because um, I'm uh, for our listeners out there. You may re- you may know Gretchen because for many years she was a star at Fox News. She had her own show, The Real Story with Gretchen Carlson, and before that, she was on Fox and Friends, one of the anchors for many years. And then she very famously left. Fox News, and she sued the CEO of Fox News, Roger Ailes, for sexual harassment. And she really blew the lid open there uh, because after she came forward, a number of other women who worked at Fox News also came forward and and they revealed that they too had been sexually harassed by Roger Ailes, mostly. Um, some of them had some other complaints. And following that, uh, women came forward and said that they had been sexually harassed by another star at Fox News, Bill O'Reilly. And he ended up leaving. And meanwhile, Gretchen was successful in her lawsuit and she won $20 million. And, um, and that's fantastic. Cha-ching. But it. Yes, <laughs> ka-ching. But it's not all fantastic, as Gretchen will tell us. But, you know, here's the thing. You're coming out with a book about this whole experience, and it's got lots of advice in it. It's called Be Fierce, coming out October 17th. But it couldn't have come at a more important time because the lid has now also been blown open on Hollywood with all of the allegations about Harvey Weinstein and his, like, a long, like 30 trail years of sexual harassment and sexual abuse. Well, allegations. I have to put the word allegations there. So, so happy that you wrote the book, that you're here now, and that you are a leader in fighting against sexual harassment. Well, thank you, Bonnie. Th- thanks for having me. You well, know, I-, I think that the past week has really made me realize that the last 15 months of all of my hard work and efforts to try and raise awareness about the sexual harassment issue and what needs to be done to change it, it feels now like all that work has been so worth it because we're seeing what you just explained, that more and more women are becoming brave and courageous and coming forward. And they're saying, we're not going to take this you-know-what anymore because we're just not. <laughs> and and we're seeing that once you know, one of my favorite quotes is one woman uh, can make a difference, but together we can rock the world. 
And that's what we're seeing happening right now. And I'm incredibly optimistic that the work that I did. And, and are continuing did, to do. Right. But the initial courage of doing what I did is now giving women so much more courage to do exactly the same thing. I totally agree. And when you did this 15 months ago, you were the pioneer. And who can believe it's just been 15 months because it was like you pushed down a pillar and it just kept pushing others down, like it kept knocking over others. Now, when you came forward, you had been undergoing sexual harassment at the hands of Roger Ailes for many years. What was the final straw? Like, what made you decide to file this lawsuit? Mm-hmm. Oh, you, I know you can't no, talk detail, but talk details, why but did I you can... feel it was the moment? Yeah, no, I can, I can give you a, a general sense yes. in that when I uh, came to realize that after 25 years of working so hard in journalism and specifically at that place, that that was going to come to an end for me, not by my choice. That's right. Your contract was not renewed. Mm-hmm. And and so I decided at that point that I needed to improve the situation for future generations and for other women who were experiencing you know, what I had in different areas, in different places of employment. So that was really that I didn't want future generations to face the same indignities. Gretchen, you all, I just read your excellent piece in the New York Times as well. Thanks. And um, you detailed actually that this is not something that you've been dealing with sort of just like lately at Fox News, but the sort of career of, or the path of sort of harassment, the pattern rather started very early in your career, even over like smaller interactions. Like once there was like a video guy who was putting a microphone on you and made a comment about your breast. Like, do you like when he does that? That struck home for me because I'm also a video guy and I have to do that all the time. And it's very, it's a very uncomfortable situation to do that for women because it is a little intimate. You kind of need to be delicate. And I was sort of like appalled that that this is what happened. And you also detailed another situation that was even more graphic. Can you talk about that in your early experiences? Yeah, unfortunately, that started when I really entered the real world after college when I was Miss America. And towards the end of my year, I decided I wanted to try and get into the TV business. And so I met with a high-powered TV So nobody bothered you or harassed you when you were actually Miss America? Well, except for a female reporter at my first press conference who tried to take me down and make me look stupid. That's a a whole other story. Yes, I want to talk about that later. (laughs) But but towards the end of the year when I was, you know, really planning, okay, what am I going to do with my life now after I graduate from Stanford? So I met with this uh, high-ranking TV executive. He spent all day making all these phone calls for me. And I thought, wow, he's really helping me. And then we went to dinner and afterwards we were in the backseat of the car and then he was on top of me and uh, basically had his tongue down my throat and you know it was like oh I didn't realize that getting a job in tv meant also getting into my pants uh so here we were and uh you must have been terrified I was terrified I asked the driver to please stop the car immediately I got out I went up to my best friend from college's apartment and I just sobbed because this is what happens to women you feel like all the self-confidence that you've built up in your life and your smarts and your talents in your brain, it just completely drains out of you when an experience like that happens. And you realize that potentially everything you thought that you had to offer meant nothing to them. Right, that they were only interested in you because they were viewing you as a sexual object, something yeah. that they could enjoy. Exactly. I mean, he made a lot of phone calls for me just for that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Before maybe, that happened, uh, yeah, right? right. And then a week later in Los Angeles, a high-ranking publicist, a uh, similar situation. We were in a car, and, and he shoved my head into his crotch. Um, and it was, 
you know, an alarming experience for me again. Then I went to my first TV job and had the experience that, that you were talking about with, mm-hmm. and that was actually in the workplace. So I think that, that early on I realized, holy crap, like this is going to be happening to me all the time. I mean, luckily I ended up having wonderful work experiences as I continued to move up the ladder um, until a certain point in time where I was reminded again of um, how some men view women. Why do you think men do this? And and also, I want to, I, I don't know if you think this or, um, okay, these guys who were doing these kind of incidents to mm-hmm. you, I mean, that is, it's incredibly, um, well, it's scary, just as you said, and it's annoying and it robs you of self-confidence. And that is, you know, it's it's definitely, it's harassment. It's a, That's it's, actually assault. Right. And one thing I just want to point out is that for more than 25 years, I never called those incidences assault. Right. It was actually another woman who had been, assaulted herself in a similar fashion who said, Gretchen, you realized that was assault, right? right? And I think this is a really important point you're making because, because I mean, just like I'm trying to define it. And also, I also want to bring up Harvey Weinstein because he has been accused of doing similar things, uh, trying to kiss women, trying to touch their breasts. But also, he's also been accused of rape and of forcing women to give him oral sex. Do you see those t- all of this in one category? Do you think that there's different types of sexual harassers, mm-hmm. assaulters, and it, or and are some just rapists? Like, is he, is he allegedly a rapist? Like something well, different? I definitely think there are predators out there. Um, pred- being a predator is different than being somebody in the office who tells lewd jokes. I mean, I'm not saying either one is good. No. But this is one of the things that makes sexual harassment such a difficult issue for people to to define for themselves because it's subjective. You know, what you, Bonnie, might think is a joke that you don't want to hear or pictures that you don't want to see on somebody's desk, I might look at it and say that I'm fine with it. I don't know. Or vice versa, Mm -hmm. right? So it makes makes the casual or more low-level harassment tougher to define. When it's so outrageous, um, it's pretty easy to define. But here's the catch. It doesn't really matter. The woman is still labeled a troublemaker, whether or not it, the, uh, the allegations were completely outrageous or subtle. We still live in an environment in 2017 where if women come forward, they're troublemakers. They're not believed. They're just doing it to become famous. Yes. I mean, there's, there's ridiculous myths out there and what I found out after my story from hearing from so many other women was that every woman still has a story, and that is crazy in 2017. Mm-hmm. We haven't really come that far. Until no. now, until now, I feel extremely optimistic that this is the tipping point. Based on this- the re- reporting in the New York Times um, and also the New Yorker that really detailed the pattern of Harvey's abuse, it seemed like there certainly was a through line to how he would victimize a women in, in Hollywood. A through line, how he would victimize women in Hollywood. It was always like this negotiation. He, he would always be like, oh, just one drink. Just come up for five minutes. Oh, just give me a back rub. And it was just this constant back and forth. And you could even hear that in the tape that was recorded of him secretly, that he was... 
you know, he was very manipulative in how he would try to get these little sexual favors. And he didn't even always want sex. He wanted strange things like to masturbate in front of women and, and all these kinds of things. But it was always this like death by a thousand cuts of all day negotiations and phone calls and back and forth. Has that been your experience that predators are kind of like they try to lure you in with like little enticements like, like oh, a business, like a business like dinner. Like a massage and come well, up to my room for a massage. Right. Well, first of all, the most important thing to understand is that much of sexual harassment is really just about power. Mm-hmm. It can also be about sexual favors, but it really is about sick power. And yes, I mean, I think that you see patterns when you look at different stories about how alleged predators work. Um, here's, here's the impossible situation for those women. All they wanted to do was have a job. All they wanted to do was get an interview with Harvey Weinstein to be in a movie or, you know, get a different kind of a role. It was, they were at work. And they were trying to be professional. They were trying to be professional. And all of a sudden you're put in that kind of situation as a young person and you want to get ahead in your career, right? I mean, it's... It's a power, power, power grab. That's what it is. And he knew, he allegedly knew that. Now, Gretchen, just just to go back, because I want our listeners to understand very clearly that anything from that we've talked about from guys who make lewd remarks to you, who uh, casually brush against your breasts, to uh, trying to grab you to kiss and stick mm-hmm. their tongues down, to actually groping you and tr- and raping you, trying to rape you. This is all within this category of sexual harassment, sexual abuse, sexual assault. Mm-hmm. So if you experience it, any of it, you need to, like our listeners, they should know, like they are not imagining it mm-hmm. and that this is all part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think especially with the subtler stuff, like, did he really just uh, touch me here? And did he really just say that? Like that is all part of sexual harassment. Yeah. And is it all part, like you just said, of power grabbing? Mm-hmm. Like even the little, the sort of more subtle harassment. Is it all part of of power, like having to have power over you? I, I, I think it, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but I mean, I would assume that it's some sort of a power trip that they feel like they can do that and makes them feel better in some weird way. But I think one of my biggest messages in in the book, Be Fierce, is that the entire chapter four is a playbook for women. It's a 12-point plan. So if you do find yourself in a situation like this, that I lay out for you exactly what you should do. Because here's what happens to to women in these situations. They do what you just were saying. They, They think like, did that really happen or is that really that bad because so much of it has been normalized in society? Right. And, and I think that it happens mm-hmm. so frequently yeah, it does. to women that they, they, instead of like almost what you did. It- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Because instead of blaming the guy, they blame themselves and think that, did I bring this on or did I do something to encourage him? Right. 
And so then what happens is they take it and they take it. And women have to work harder in men in general. So they're used to doing that. So they just kind of keep pressing forward. And then one day they decide, oh my gosh, I, I'm going to do something about this. And they go and they might report it. But here's the problem. They don't have a plan. And so once you do that, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Now, and that's like when you go to, H, to the Yeah, if you go HR to HR department. or whatever the policy is within your company. But now you don't have a plan. And have you gathered evidence? Have you told people so that you have witnesses? Have you documented anything? And by the way, if you do that, make sure you keep it at home. Paper trail, paper trail, right. paper trail. Exactly. And why is it a mistake to just one day go, I can't take this anymore, and to go to human resources? Why is that the wrong thing to do? Because if you have no evidence, we still live in an era where you're not going to be believed. Okay? It's he said, she said. And unfortunately, culture is, what I have found out is that there will be more attention paid to protecting the harasser than helping the victim. Oh, this is this is like uh, such a disturbing story, but I do want to at least stand up for some of the good guys that have come out in, in, in the wake of this. Um, of course, Gwyneth Paltrow detailed her harassment at the hands of Harvey Weinstein. And then uh, that amazing story emerged of Brad Pitt marching down to Harvey Weinstein and confronting him for his, at the time, girlfriend, Gwyneth Paltrow, and getting in, you know, some say reports like a bit of a, at least verbal altercation and kind of being the guy we all knew Brad Pitt was in the first place. So there have been a lot of, and a lot of men have been speaking out on Twitter and, you know, that right. that clip I played of Seth MacFarlane at the beginning, he just explained that that was very pointed. He had a close friend to him that was harassed by Weinstein. And that's why he wrote that joke into his Oscars uh, speech there. I'm so glad you brought that up because I have an entire chapter on men in Be Fierce, men who defend. And what I found out from my research and after my story broke was that there are so many men out there doing amazing work on behalf of women. And it actually ended up being the longest chapter of my book because there were so many great people to talk to. Men, listen, I really actually believe this is a man's issue, not even so much a woman's issue, because it's, we, first of all, we need men to help us. But mm -hmm. second of all, if more men start speaking up like that, it's really going to turn the tide. It's men who are bystanders and who witness this within the corporate culture who don't say anything right, currently. Who protect the abuser. Right. Or they're just too... I also document in my book two men who came forward for women and they were fired. Yeah. So it happens to them as well. So if more men can also be more bold, and I think this is now happening because of the Weinstein story, then we're really going to have a tidal wave because not only were more women be coming forward, more men will be helping them. Now, Gretchen, wanna... well, you said that you're feeling like you're, you, you are feeling positive now, mm -hmm. 15 months later, and you feel that we've reached a tipping point because of the Harvey Weinstein uh, revelations on top of what you did uh, beginning at, at Fox. So when you started at Fox and then other women came forward, I mean, that was a tsunami in itself. Mm -hmm. And uh, Roger Ailes was gone, then Bill O'Reilly's gone. And now with Weinstein and so many people coming forward, why are you convinced that this time this will make a difference? A lot of people are saying that this is also just the tip of the iceberg in Hollywood and that there's other offenders who are going to be named. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the tip of the iceberg. I also wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing, and we already are, uh, stories of, in other industries because... Um, like I said, when, when you give the gift of courage to, to one person, it's contagious and more and more people pass it along. Don't forget, you also had Uber. You also had the Silicon Valley yes, situation. Yes, that's true. You also had the Sterling Jewelers class action suit that was thousands and thousands of women. And so it really sort of 
started to give the bravery to to a couple of women and a couple of industries. And now I really believe this story has blown it wide open. Uh, I think on a daily basis, we're going to see more people coming forward. I mean, men have come forward as victims, too. Yeah. There's also like, um, I think we should, I hope we caution people a little bit about friendly fire incidents. I've noticed a little bit of like people who are essentially on the same side of this issue kind of going at like Rose McGowan came out on Twitter and got recently blocked from Twitter. And that's why there's a women's boycott of Twitter today because she released someone's phone number. But she, Ryan Gosling also released this very supportive statement about, um, for the women who've come forward in their, in their bravery. And then Rose McGowan attacked Ryan Gosling because he didn't mention any of the victims by name. But of course, there's been so many victims and, you know, it's not really, maybe he didn't feel it's his place to like list victims who maybe want to tell their own story. So like, I don't know. I think there's a there's an obligation on men and women who are on the right side of this to come together, don't you think? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I, I, I think now is not the time to be questioning, you know, whether or not somebody's name is listed or not. Listen, I, I feel so grateful that some women did attach their names and faces to that story because yeah. it does make it more powerful oh, rather, much. rather than just saying 14 anonymous no, you much. Know, people. Because, I mean, listen, Bill Cosby got away with this for, what, 20 years because most of the women didn't come forward. Well, a lot of them were afraid, but even when they came forward, they were anonymous. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the last couple of years that they actually said, yes, it's me, like with a face. And I think that made it much more powerful, and he still got away with it. Yeah, well, well, that is going back to trial in November. Uh, one of the reasons that I believe that was a hung jury is because the judge in that case decided not to allow any of the other victims, alleged victims, testify. Right. Oh, yeah. So frustrating. <laughs> now, do you when you said that when women come forward and men, that they often get fired mm-hmm. for uh, being. Um, being the ones who bring this out into the open mm-hmm. and that often that when a woman, um, you know, reveals she's been sexually harassed, she's called a troublemaker and then she has a hard time finding another job. Do you think that will change now? Oh, I hope so. Because of all that's the, really scary that's for women. Scary. I mean, and I document this so much in the book, the thousands of women who reached out to me, I would say almost all of them never worked again <gasps> in their chosen field ever. See, isn't that, that horrible? That is horrible. And I, I think that that's the biggest reason why people don't come forward, why women don't, don't come forward, men, because you want to, most people need to work. Most people need to work <laughs> and, and they don't expect to start a job and get into any kind of a dispute ever. And, and so that's why the idea that women bring these claims because they want to be famous is so freaking ludicrous. I've never met anyone who said, hey, I want to I be famous for this issue because it's so rewarding. You get called a bitch. You know, it's so great. <laughs> hey, look what happened to Monica Lewinsky. Oh, yeah. I mean, she, she was shamed into hell. That's right. And she really never had a career after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's talked about it a lot. Well, now she's coming out and talking about bullying. And I give her great credit because speaking of bravery, I mean, it takes a lot for her to come out now. And, and she's going to help millions of people by telling just a little bit more of her story. I agree. Now, tell us what is the right way, the best way for a woman to come forward if she's been harassed? Well, the first thing is you need to make sure that you have read the policy at your particular workplace because the way in which you can come forward is different depending on what kind of company you work at. So you want to make sure that you do follow the letter of the law because you don't want your situation thrown out because you didn't do the right process. But I would also... While you're examining that policy, call an attorney. 
because a lot of attorneys will at least just listen to what your story is uh, and say whether or not they feel like you really have a case. Right. And what kind and of an attorney should you look you for? You should be looking for an attorney that specializes in this. If you go to betterbrave.com, there are two young women out in Silicon Valley who put this website together after my story broke. And you can actually go to that website and fill in your name and uh, they will align you with an attorney. Okay, we, betterbrave.com. Yes. We, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about some of the details, though, that are kind of um, pertinent. You were mentioning how, you know, a lot of corporations will have some kind of arbitration process. And while maybe justice gets done internally and maybe, you know, say there's like a lawsuit and that's settled she just rolled and, her eyes. and there's a, yeah, Gretchen is rolling her eyes. Um, but you know, even in the case of a settlement where someone like, like in your case gets a ton of money, there is a cost to that in that the the accused or the person who is doing the harassment sort of gets to skate if they can afford. And, and this goes on throughout the criminal justice system. If you can afford to settle, you can kind of get away with anything. And that's sort of the story of Bill Cosby so far and a lot of these other people. And, and right. And then that kind of buries uh, yeah, what the happened, truth. And then and totally. I mean, so our culture is, is perfectly fine with uh, resolving sexual harassment issues by gagging women in almost every way in which you settle these. So if you get a settlement, you can never talk about it. And if you go to arbitration, these clauses are so prevalent now in employee contracts. Here's the problem. It's a secret proceeding. You can never tell anyone you filed the claim. You can never say whether or not you won or lost. It's different with depositions and you can't call as many witnesses. There are no appeals. And only 20% of the time does the employee win in arbitration. And guess what happens? That employee, usually a woman in a sexual harassment case, has to leave the company. And guess what? The perpetrator can stay because right. nobody then, knows about it. Right. And then you may or may have trouble getting another job in your chosen field. Now, I know you've just, you've just got a couple minutes. I want to ask you about something else that, that's in the book or in the, your, your book, My memoir. your first book, mm -hmm. The Real Story, and you brought it up. Why do you think that women are often not supportive of other women. When you were starting in your career and you were you were Miss America, which is an incredible accomplishment, you ran into this reporter and she just grilled you. You were doing an interview and she gave you like 20 questions. She was trying to prove that you weren't smart because you were Miss America and because you were blonde. Right. But that's not something... Is that Bert? <laughs> oh. Do you love this? Oh, yeah. I just... Oh. It, it, but that's has a soft a, spot in my heart. I have to say, me too. I've just found in my in my career that that that's not unusual. That mm -hmm. women are not always supportive of other women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that reporter it was my first press conference. Uh, she gave me a test. I had been dubbed uh, Smart Miss America because I went to Stanford, which I thought was going to be like this kind of good accolade. Turned out, no, she was going to try and take me down. So she actually asked me if I had ever done drugs before and if I had ever had sex. Like, that was relevant to having just become Miss America. Um, I did run into her, though, 10 years later. And I think all of us have had those situations in our life, like, should we? Should we do it? And so I did. And I approached her. And I said, hi, Penny. Uh, you don't remember who I am, but when I was Miss America, you tried to take me down. And I just want to let you know that I'm now a CBS News correspondent, and you're not. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Sizzle. Wait, wait, where's your sizzle sound effect? <laughs> Come on. Get out the fire. That's good. But why do women do that to each other? You know, I. it's my hope that we don't, although I know what you're saying is true. I've had tons of great female mentors, and I have been a mentor to thousands of young people because I feel it's just crucial to helping them get ahead. 
If I had to give one little analysis on it, I would say that the top positions for women are so far, few and far between still that when that when a woman actually gets there, she's worried that if there's only one slot, she wants to hold on to her turf. Yeah, I think that's it too. Yeah. But I also think that this goes into sexual harassment because I think it's why a lot of a lot of women have been guilty of not believing other women when they come forward mm-hmm. with because claims you know of sexual why? harassment. Because they they want to make sure they're still in the boys' club. Right. So they almost, I read about this in the book, actually, they almost, they get into this conundrum of, well, I kind of know what's going on, but if I want to stay in the club, I can't say anything. Now, imagine if we flipped this 180 degrees within corporate America and decided that we were going to celebrate the people who came forward, and better yet, that the top of the company would call a meeting and say, you know what, the buck stops with me, and this is not acceptable in the workplace and if it's happening, you come and tell me right away, and I'll do something about it. Now, imagine how that would change the dynamic. Imagine, also, imagine, imagine if we had a president that also <laughs> was going to set that tone. Because yeah. that's the other thing that worries me, mm-hmm. is that we now have a president who also is uh, a self-revealed uh, sexual assaulter. Yeah. Two, thing, and- two things on that. I, 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 I did use that as a teachable moment for my children, and I hope that millions of other Americans did as well to show people how not to treat one another. But I look at everything optimistic. And so Please I think give that, it to us. I think the time is now for for women more than ever. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. To have a voice and to say, we're not going to put up with that. And look what's happening. It's working. I so hope you're right. We all hope you're right. Thanks. And we thank you for everything that you are doing to spread the word on this issue and to support other women and everybody. You can you can read Be Fierce as of October 17th by Gretchen Carlson. Gretchen, thank you so much for coming by. Thanks for having me. 